Thanks for tuning in to High on Horror. This is Drew talking at you. And I'm John. This episode and every future episode is dedicated to the horror hounds and smokers out there who want to expand their knowledge of the genre and have a good time. We missed you the last two weeks and we hope you missed us. Yeah, we've been sick as hell. First it was me, then you, then me again, and then you. Then I hurt my knee. Yeah, yeah, it was was crazy. Shit's hopefully back to normal. But uh, during our time off, we watched Barbarian, and we immediately knew that that was what the topic of our next episode was going to be. So today we're reviewing Barbarian. And of course, get a bake. Today on High on Horror. Interviews, reviews, and the latest news all rolled into one. All right, so before we start talking about Barbarian, John, uh, what do you got for us to smoke today, and why? Uh, I got us some orange dream, and uh, oh. I got it because orange is my favorite color. That's a, like a lot oh, of orange look at that. It's up beautiful. It looks like a Sesame Street Muppet. <laughs> it looks like a Muppet. It's uh, very energizing. It's a sativa-dominant hybrid. It's 18% THC crossed with orange crush and blue dream. Ooh. Each of which brings a unique dimension to the strain. Inviting aromas of citrus and vanilla combine to create a distinct flavor profile that can only be compared to orange cream sickles. See, they say this shit, and I've never once had a weed that I've smoked and went, this tastes like an orange cream sickle. It tastes like ice cream. Yeah. If it did, like, that ounce would be gone that day. And it would sell fucking fast. Everybody would want it. Because the whole thing with people smoking is they want it. They want flavor. Yeah. I'm in flavor country. Right. Mellow, euphoric, lightly settles in. Easing you into a relaxed but alert state of mind that lets creativity roam free. Depression and stress sink away while your mood is lifted to new heights. And its lightweight effects make Orange Dream the perfect choice for any time of day. See, they, some of these people that write these descriptions, man, it is just overly wordy. Lightweight effects make you... Now, anyway... The feelings is uh, you're dying over there. Yeah, I'm trying to recover. <laughs> it's a struggle for Drew right that now. That shit punched me right in the lungs. Whew. But uh, while he's recovering over there, I'll let you all know that uh, this makes you feel uplifted, energetic, and happy. And uh, uh-oh, negatives. I don't see no dry mouth. Oh, shit. But number one is paranoid, dizzy, and dry eyes. I don't know. I feel like I'd rather substitute that dizzy for some dry mouth. <laughs> Oh, shit. And uh, as it said, the flavors are uh, orange, vanilla, and citrus. I tasted the citrus just now. I didn't taste the other shit, but it tasted very lemony. I tasted that. It's funny because it also lists what it helps with, and none of them are over 50%. So I'm like, why are you even... The highest is 48. It helps people... uh, Reported helping people with stress. (laughs) So, like, there's nothing that it's really good at. It's just all average. (laughs) But there's nothing really bad. I mean, well... I guess uh, it make you dizzy, but um, all right. So uh, to start with Barbarian, let me just start by saying, John, that uh, I think you'll agree with me that uh, I am so fucking glad that I knew nothing about Barbarian before I saw it. Nothing was spoiled for me. I I didn't even watch a trailer, which is unusual for me. But I still haven't watched the trailer. I meant to watch it after the movie because I feel like the trailer, whatever trailer they put out, probably would have ruined a lot of this movie for me. And I. Yeah, I, I went in blind as well, and I'm kind of glad I did. I had seen people say they liked it, people not like it, but I never saw anything about the actual movie. I just knew yeah. 
the Airbnb part of it. Well, see, I, I did watch the trailer, and uh, the trailer did not give away what was to come. That's the thing; it totally well, blindsides good. you. But uh, I didn't. I, but I will say that I didn't watch enough of the trailers or TV spots to give away spoilers. I only watched the first trailer. I don't know what came after that, so there could have been some revealing stuff later on. But um, I didn't see any pictures or uh, or like online of anyone talking about it with spoiling things. So uh, that was really nice. So we got to experience the movie at face value. And I don't think that it would have been as impactful as it was had we known spoilers. All I saw was Airbnb memes and horror groups, but I had no idea what it meant at all. And yeah. like, I I saw ones that were, I guess, good enough that other people liked them, but it didn't affect me knowing anything going into the movie. Yeah, I mean, the shock value alone going into this movie uh, is, is golden. Um, director Zach Kreger had a hard time getting Barbarian made. It took a year and a half of nose, as Zach puts it, uh, before he finally got lucky and a studio backed it. Barbarian's got some ghastly content, but Zach being mostly known for comedy work like The Whitest Kids You Know. I fucking love The Whitest Kids You Know. That <laughs> shit is great. Well, that made it even tougher for him to get it made because he's known for comedy, you know, on top of the fact that he's never directed before. And uh, I said that this, that this movie has ghastly content because it's fucked up. And uh, it's so fucked up that actor Justin Long had to actually put the script down and finish it the next morning. It was too scary and fucked up for him to read before bed. <laughs> interesting um yeah right uh so uh anyway zach Kreger read a book called the gift of fear which is kind of like a self-help book and uh there was this chapter all about red flags that men set up and women ignore and how women need to recognize these red flags and stop ignoring them so matt uh, zach kind of got inspired and like wrote as many red flag scenarios that he could think of and put them into one scene and then he kind of built the rest of the movie around that. The 1999 uh, Taki, Takayashi Miike film Audition, one of my favorite Japanese movies, was a heavy influence on Barbarian. And I think that uh, they'd make a hell of a double bill. John, do your thing, brother. Uh, give me a second. I'm the bong. I waited too long. I was like, I haven't hit this. Ugh. Anyway, yes, as uh, you said Barbarian was directed by Zach Krieger. It's a 2022 American horror film. And uh, this was actually the first film he's directed solo. Previously, he crow, he crow, he co-directed the 2009 Miss March with Whitest Kids, you know, co-creator Trevor Moore. We just lost Trevor Moore last year. That That's was, right, yeah. That was a crazy accident that happened. Just very unfortunate. Um he also co-directed 2011's The Civil War on Drugs. Uh, this film is produ produced by Arnon Milchin, Roy Lee, Raphael Margulis, and J.D. Lifshitz. Uh, the film stars Georgina Campbell, Bill Skarsgård, and Justin Long. So we start the film in uh, Tess Marshall, who's played by Georgina Campbell, rents an Airbnb that's in the rundown Brightmoor neighborhood of Detroit. She's there on a job interview, only she finds out it's been double-booked, and Keith Toshko, played by Bill Skarsgård, is already there. Uh, Keith kind of freaks her out at first. You mentioned that Red Flags book. Yeah. Uh, he comes but, off as, like, too inviting, too kind almost. And then later he, he kind of explains he did he kind of thought he, he didn't realize how he was acting and understands why she was kind of standoffish. Yeah. Like, he does stuff like he offers her a drink and he pours it. And then, like, he's trying to, like, be like, here, like, this isn't open. Like, I want to open yeah. it in front of you. Or, like, here, come inside while we figure this all out. Like, yeah, weird stuff like that. All these red flags. 
And uh, she starts to come around to him and they kind of share their love of music and he kind of surprises her with his knowledge and he's into the stuff that she's worked on. And uh, they decide to share the house together. And uh, Drew, would you ever run an Airbnb? I mean, I like the idea that you get a house, but then I also don't like the idea. Or like sometimes it's not even a house, it's something cooler than that. I've seen some like weird stuff. But I would feel weird staying in someone's house like that, whereas I wouldn't feel as weird staying in a hotel. Yeah, I agree. Um, part of the, par- the paranoid person in me would be like, are the- "Do they have cameras set up here? Like, are they? If I would, if I were to want to like jerk off on their couch real quick, <laughs> are they gonna fucking see it and know about it? You know?" So wow, I, that th- wasn't even the part I thought of. I just just feel like I would be weird being in somebody's house. Like, well, it would. I would it feel would. like they're gonna freak out if like. Like I missed something, like you know, cleaning up, and like I yeah. left like a like like, like an empty soda bottle on the table and forgot about it. Yeah, something. it's it's one of those things where like if I were trying to if I was going to a convention or traveling and needed a place to stay and there were no like hotels or nothing available, I would seek it as an option. But I'm not like gung ho to just be like, oh, I really like I'd that house. Let's run it. Yeah, I'd rather just go. Even to a though I'd have hotel. way less shit. I mean, I guess I would rather go to an Airbnb if I was going to be stuck with a Roach hotel. But if there was like if it was a decent That's hotel fair. with no bugs. Yeah. And uh, jumping back in here to the story, the next morning, Keith leaves for the day and Tess goes to her interview. Uh, Tess has a pretty rough day. First, a woman that's interviewing her tells her that she should not be staying at that Airbnb at that, in that part of town. And then when she gets back from the interview, she's chased by a homeless man yelling that she has to leave. Uh, so she ends up working her way downstairs and ends up getting locked downstairs but then she kind of stumbles upon a hidden corridor. And then, you know, obviously you got to go check that shit out. Yeah. Well, no, but white people do. Well. Well. She does, too. That's true. That's true. She's not necessarily Caucasian either, but uh, movie people do. She acted white. Yeah, she she, she had she had <laughs> white mannerisms. <laughs> uh, she, she finds a room with a camcorder, a stained mattress, and a bloody handprint. At first, I was like, is this black phone? <laughs> minus the camcorder i guess uh tess backtracks and tries to leave but she's still locked in the basement but no wait tell me when you first saw the room when like you're like you find the room within the room and then you find the uh fucking that dirty dirty mattress that stained <laughs> mattress with the camera on the tripod my first thought right there was oh this ain't good yeah. oh this ain't good you don't want to find a fucking dank room <laughs> hidden behind some wall with a camcorder set up with the mattress that on like a metal dude recorded pot. stuff yeah it just yeah it just had like hostile written all over it no no thank you and uh around this time keith ends up coming home and he frees her uh tess tells keith what she's seen and he does the white thing also and goes to the basement and investigates yep, he decides to not just take her word for it and leave but to actually just go do go everywhere go down there and check it out himself I kind of thought here we were going to get to see the turn like it was going to be like uh like something from like super hosts where the where the host is he's yeah. really the host yep and, yep uh from our boy Brandon Christensen I thought it was kind of maybe going to go somewhat like the super host route uh did you think that too yeah uh I mean, if I if I say if I, if I say what I want to say, it might be a spoiler. Okay. Are we breaking this? Are we doing this one into spo- a spoiler segment? Yeah, yeah, we're all, yeah. I'll we're save. I'll save my spoilers because even though we're I'll so early into the movie, that. like shit happens early in the movie. My okay, I'll just say my thought was going in was that I, I, I'm watching the movie with my wife, right? And I'm sitting there and I'm watching it with Sam, and I'm like, 
watching the movie and I don't trust Keith. Like you were just asking me, I don't trust him. I'm like, okay, he's setting her up. But I told my wife, I said, you know, I was like, but the truth be told, like, you know, if I were to write this movie, I would write him to be suspicious as fuck just to pull the rug out from under you and make it so he's not the one. So that was my thought going in. Rather that's what happens or not, stick around for the spoilers. But going in, I thought, maybe I should trust him. Maybe we're kind of being honey-dicked here. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe we're being made to think that he's guilty and he's not. So that's all I'll say. Yeah, uh, yeah getting back to the dungeon here, uh, Keith doesn't show back up and Tess decides to go back downstairs. She discovers the hidden corridor she'd initially found leads to a subterranean tunnel. And uh, that's where she hears Keith screaming for help. Um, like I said, I know it's early in the movie, but I think this is probably a good spot to jump off for yeah. spoilers because shit, shit starts happening kind of early in the movie, and I, it's one of those ones you need to you need to see it for yourself. Agreed. Um, the movie has twists and turns. Um, I did not see coming. Um, we have another film where it's a couple stories that all kind of tie together loosely. Like, I I feel like we're seeing a lot more of those lately. Yeah. Or, may, I'm, or maybe it's just the movies we're picking. I don't know, man. <laughs> but if, I feel like we're seeing that theme pop up more and more. Um, either way, I mean, the effects are done well. The story's good enough for me. Yeah. Uh, there's some really good kills in the film. Uh, there's nothing really I can point to and say, oh, I didn't like this. Um. But I I don't know, I I can't I can't put it in my top five. It's one of the better films of the year. I'll give it that. But I don't know if I'd put it in my top five. Okay. Um. I'm I'm not even gonna try to do that now because I'd have to think about my top five. But <laughs> like if it's not, it's probably not in the top five. It's but it's right around there. Yeah. Um. Like I said, I'd start to really think about. It, but I mean, still, like I love the film. Um. I'm going to go flat seven, seven out of 10. Okay. That's uh, a little lower than me. I, I really, really liked this movie. And I think again, that, uh, it's kind of one of those things like we'll talk about it again. In a, we'll talk about it in a few minutes, but, uh, one of my favorite movies, my favorite horror movies, you know, is the descent. And that's because it starts off as one kind of movie and then just completely left hooks you and changes. And, and you know, malevolence does that too. Remember how malevolence legit starts off like the first 45 minutes. It's a bank robbery movie, but then it turns yeah. into a slasher movie. Yeah. And so like the, to not have any, anything spoiled for me and to watch this, uh, baked as hell, just sitting on my couch to just not know what was coming and to just watch the fucking craziness that unfolded. I was like, I loved it, man. I was in, um, I, I gave it an 8.6. 8.6 out of 10. So yeah, yeah I like so the, I like the more than you. It's definitely your top five for this year. I would put it in exactly number five placement. Yeah. All right. So uh, I guess uh, here here's where we'll leave you if you don't want spoilers. So I guess go play go play your Sega Genesis. What Nintendo? All right, diving back in here. Uh, Tess is in the tunnel. She went down, found the corridor, and now she finds an injured Keith. Uh, the pair are attacked by a naked, deformed woman who brutally kills Keith. I did not see that shit coming. <laughs> I know you didn't either, Drew. The first kill, man. I was like, holy shit. Like, she looked like the infected lady at the end of REC, man. It startled the shit out of me. But I was like, okay, motherfucker, you got me. I'm invested. I'm invested. I got to see what is this shit, you know? I win. Bill Skarsgård's dead already? Yep. And then it just cuts to... Uh, 
Age, uh, actor, Justin Long. It's Justin Long. Yeah. He's playing actor AJ Gilbride. Dude, I rewound it a couple times because I'm like, did I fucking miss something? Like, no, but that's the thing that before we get there, I did want to say that I did believe Keith. There was a point where when when Tess was looking for him in the tunnels, I thought I'm like, this motherfucker's innocent. I was like, he's gonna he's gonna end up getting fucked up or something. Like we're expecting him to attack her, but that's not what's gonna happen. And then you see him, and you're you're thinking. Oh no, I don't know. He's acting weird. Maybe he is trying to pull her into something. And then you just see that thing walk up on a man. Like, yeah, I believed Keith. Uh, I believed him, but holy shit. And then, like you said, you just get this brutal kill. And then it just fucking cuts to like sunny California. And you got fucking Justin Long chilling in his convertible, dude, talking on his car phone. Dude, I watched it and I rewound it twice. But like, I jumped back like, you know, 10 seconds, like yeah. twice. And I'm like, I fucking missed something. What the f- Why the f-? And then <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and then I remember going, oh shit. I remember somebody saying something that Justin Long was in this movie, yep, but yep. I was so into this first story, I completely forgot that he was in the movie. And now you have like no idea where the story's going because it's about him now, and he's in L.A., and it seemingly has nothing to do with what happened in the movie already, you know? So you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck? And then I'm still like, okay, well, I forgot Justin Long was in it, but Bill Skarsgård's dead? <laughs> yeah, you're still trying to like get over that, right? But by the way, I want to say that Justin Long said that uh that he relished being an asshole in this movie. That like uh he was asked if it was hard to play the part, and he said that he absolutely <laughs> loved it. Uh yeah, let's uh let let's get get into AJ here. Uh, he gets fired from his television show. It's funny because like it starts and they're like, yeah, um, you know, we're gonna have an investigation, and it just keeps getting worse and worse as they like talk about it and then the best part is like he is that bitch and he was like i brought her on the project yeah. like he's getting uh basically it goes up to he's being charged with rape allegations at first she they make it sound like it was just something inappropriate on set and then like they're trying not to like they're, they're, they're beating around the bush with them and trying not to get to it yeah and then he was like what and they're like well you're being accused of rape yep and uh dude was not happy he was like he got her the job and then his argument was i was the first one attached to the project why don't you get rid of her yeah right and then the thing is he's asked about it later with by his friend his friend his friend legit asked him and he goes what's the truth behind that he goes truthfully he's like I, I, I was a little forceful like yeah he basically admits that he uh kind of like forced himself on her and then he says but she eventually was down with it so like he thought it was all good I'm like, ah, dude, like, yeah, because trying to cover up being a piece of shit makes yeah, you still yeah, a piece we're, of we're shit. We're jumping forward a little bit with that. My, I just had to say uh, that no, right now. But it was I was going to say the thing is like, he plays it good enough in the beginning that you're like, maybe he is innocent. Yeah. Like yep. you're like, okay, maybe he really did, and then you, then yeah, you get to that point and you're like, oh no, you're you're, fucking <laughs> you're a dick. You're a fucking dick, dude. Yeah. I felt so bad because like there was parts where I'm like. Maybe he really, maybe he's really like it's a false accusation. Maybe yeah, because really you see how he's going this. broke and everybody's dropping him. His lawyer is his fucking yeah. his bank account. His, uh, his accountant don't want nothing to do with him. And then you know like, what I mean? His he gets he gets yelled at by his lawyer because he he has to sell some of his assets to pay the legal fees because yeah. they told him it's going to be a lot of legal fees. And like he not thinking, he just goes back, which uh, it ends up he owns the rental property it's the airbnb in detroit yeah and his lawyer's like what the hell are you doing you can't leave the state 
because they were talking about arresting him. So it looks even worse because he's left the state right after these accusations. Maybe he didn't do it, man, because like all this shit's happened, and then like you said, he talks to his friend, and it's like, oh no, you were no, you fucking did that. You're (laughs) fucking asshole. But uh, he inspects the house, and eventually he finds the hidden tunnel. Uh, because he sees that like somebody was staying there and doesn't yeah, know. He thought somebody was like. He strong. realizes that like whoever whoever so we now know whoever was doing the Airbnb thing was unbeknownst to him. Somebody was renting his house out without him knowing. Yeah. He he gets there to see Tess and Keith's stuff basically still there and the basement door open. Yeah, and uh, the deformed woman attacks him, and uh, he falls into a pit alongside Tess, and. Uh, yeah, that yeah, shit's crazy. Yeah, then after that, we go back to the 80s, which uh, we'll be doing that next week, but we'll get to that in the wrap-up. <laughs> uh, so we see the original homeowner, a man named Frank, in a flashback uh, to the 1980s shows he was the house's original owner. Uh, played, Frank, played by Richard Drake. He played the uh, White Walker. Uh, the OG and, Night King. Yeah, that's right, yeah. He was the first one. Uh, yeah, and uh, we find out... Uh, Frank abducted women, held them captive in this tunnel, and then he would use the hidden room to videotape himself raping them, and then rape the subsequent children. It's like real father of the year material there. Jesus, yeah. But uh, in the pre- so we go back to the present now, and uh, Tess explains that the woman who's referred to as the mother uh, wants them to act as her children. AJ refuses to drink the milk from the bottle offered by mother. Oh, dude! Oh my god! Like everybody talks about the bottle of semen with the hair in it from uh, <laughs> "Don't from uh, Don't Breathe." Everybody yeah. talks about that, like with the bottle of semen with like the, the little pube in it. But like, come on, man! How is her holding that dripping fucking bottle with that hair? With that fucking long, coarse black hairs around the nipple of it? Oh my god, no! Would so, you have done it? Are you are you Justin Long, or are you drinking the milk? Listen. I want to also bring up, he refuses to drink the milk from the bottle offered by uh, the mother. So she drags him away and forces him to breastfeed. Yeah, she does. Like, I feel for AJ in these scenes. I'm not trying to drink that milk. But tell me, I thought when that when that happened, if I was Justin Long, I'd have been like, damn, I should have just fucking sucked on that bottle nipple and just fucking <laughs> yeah. drank the milk that way. Now I'm sucking on the titty. If you knew that the consequence was going to be forced breastfeeding, that's, then yeah. That, that's why I wanted to get to that because, no, I wouldn't have, but then I would have regret it when she was making me breastfeed. I'd be like, damn, I should have just fucking sucked on that hairy like bottle nipple. <laughs> but, uh... But when she makes him breastfeed, that's another one of the moments in the movie where you're just like, what the, where is this, what is going on in this movie? How crazy is this shit going to get? Like, are they really going to do this and show this? Yep. So why AJ's being forced to suck on the mother's titties, uh, just decides that's the perfect time to get out of the house. Yeah, fucking A. Uh, she narrowly escapes the house with the help of the homeless man who chased her earlier. And the homeless man is named Andre, played by James Butler. He tells Tess to stay in the neighbor, not 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 to stay in the neighborhood, uh, as the mother ventures outside the hunt at night. That was creepy too. Because she comes out at night. I'm like, that naked bitch with saggy titties <laughs> is roaming the streets every night, <laughs> and y'all are good with that. Like y'all are good with that. I don't think they're good with it, but shoot that bitch. That thing's just a swag in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with the mother distracted, AJ attempts to escape and ventures deep into the tunnels. He finds the room that mother is seemingly frightened of and discovers a bed-bound Frank. Like, how is my man living? Like, he—I mean, he wasn't—he wasn't in good shape. 
But like he just been chilling under Graham. Yeah, right. Doesn't have a line in the movie. Doesn't say a well. No, he does. He does say like a word, but not in his older state. He doesn't say a word. Just lays there, miserable and pissy. Uh, initially, AJ thinks Frank's another victim of mother. Right. He doesn't know the history. And he tells Frank the police will come investigate. And AJ discovers the tapes, and he flips out on Frank when he finds out what Frank's been up to. Yeah, he sees the footage of Frank doing his little rape Frank pulls thing. a gun, and AJ changes his tune real quick. Dude, I thought he was going to shoot AJ as well. I thought, oh, fuck. Like, you know. But then Frank just killed himself. I just thought, like, let the fact that this fucker's old and sick, like, impair his aiming. <laughs> uh, Tess uh, reaches a gas station and calls the police, but the officers aren't buying this shit. And they refuse to investigate inside the house. Part of me thinks the cops know. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah. we're not dealing with uh, the mother. Oh, real quick, though. Let me go back real quick. I did want to say that uh, during an interview, Justin Long said that there was a scene that actually got cut from the movie because we were talking about the, the him sucking on her titties. Um, there was a scene cut from the movie where uh, during that scene where Justin's being breastfed, um, the mom, the mother, or whatever you want to call it, uh, grabs a rat and like bites oh. into the rat and starts like feeding the rat to Justin and uh, oh. yeah or to AJ Justin whichever who uh, so that was they actually said that that was actually too much for the movie and decided to cut it out. So I, I can see why. That's, it is pretty gruesome. Um, Castle yeah. freak. That's what the fucking mother looked like. Castle ah, freak. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> uh, the cops end up. Uh, being called away somewhere else and they figure the test is just on drugs um, <laughs> so disrespectful <laughs> after breaking in the house to retrieve her keys Tess runs to her runs her car in the mother seemingly killed her she fucked her up pretty good with that she car. did she pinned her into that she pinned her against that house man h2o style yeah uh she tries to go back for aj fuck that <laughs> and uh she eats a bullet on accident for her troubles yeah he fucking shoots her dude are you serious the two escape the house on accident but still and discover that mother is missing and find shelter with andre andre explains that mother is the product of multi-generational incest by frank <sighs> mother then just ambushes the group and kills andre andre just told him that mother never comes this far out we're safe here till morning as Don't he's saying here. that she fucking busts through the wall fucking kool-aid man style right and then uh the mother chases tess and aj up a water tower aj pushes they go full tess on gilbert grape <laughs> <laughs> he pushes tess off the tower and attempt to save himself dude can you believe what he did that I mean, when he, he legit pushed do, her guy. off the tower, dude, I couldn't believe. I was like, dude, like, how, right when you think that he's an unredeemable piece of shit, he does something worse <laughs> to make himself an even more unredeemable piece of shit. Uh, and then the mother jumps after Tess, shielding her from the fall. I it, just want to say that that scene right there, the mom falling, that's the one scene in the movie that made me laugh. I actually laughed out loud, but I, I wonder if it was kind of meant to be funny with the saggy titties and all, the way she was like falling. <laughs> Uh, AJ tries to bullshit his way, trying to explain himself. Mother awakens and kills him. And then uh, the mother tries to comfort Tess and wants to take her back to the house. But uh, Tess reluctantly shoots and kills the mother and stumbles away as the sun rises. Yeah. it's uh, She fucking like splits his head open. AJ's head just legit gets like banana split. He got fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I thought it was a solid movie. Uh I like that the mother died because I don't really think that this should get a sequel. Just let this be a one-off, you right. know? But yeah, I mean, I, I dug it, definitely. 
Yeah, so uh what'd you give it again? I gave it an eight point six out of ten. I think yeah, I gave it a gave gave it gave her a flat seven. So uh yeah, I guess that'll about wrap it up. So uh thanks to all the horror hounds and smokers out there for tuning in. And uh I said we were going back to the eighties next week. That's right. Uh early eighties. Our first time having a guest on twice. I mean, we had two episodes with Brian Usna, but that was just all one long interview we split up. Right. Uh, this is our second time we're going to have Laura Marie Taylor and John Diedrichson back on. We talked about Girls' Night a little bit uh, when we had her on to talk about Friday the 13th Part 2. Uh, but we're going to do a deep dive into Girls' Night Out. Uh, Arrow's put out an awesome release. Uh, me and Drew both have it, so you got to check that out if you can. So uh, follow us online at High on Horror 420 at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Send us your puff puff ass questions at highonhorror420 at gmail.com. Uh, make sure to check out our website, highonhorror.com. You can re- read some reviews that we put up there because, I mean, we can't, we can't record an episode yeah, on every movie. We can't review everything on here. It'd be four-hour episodes, and we do have to do fucking daily episodes. And we so. did uh, cover some stuff from the uh, Toronto After Dark Film Fest uh, from this year, so, so check those out on there. Um, yeah, so next week, Laura Marie Taylor, John Diedrichson, Girls' Night Out, or The Scare Maker, whatever you want to call it. I think uh, they'll also share with us there was one other name that it went by. Uh, catch you later. Bye, everybody.